Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast, a podcast for women about going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins. I am a dreamer, a traveler, visionary, risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, a supporter of women in their dreams. If you stumble into our casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, I'm so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Good morning, Julie. How you doing? Who is this chipper this early in the morning? I am so chipper. You know why I'm so chipper? Hmm. Because my wifey brought me coffee. Your wifey needed coffee. Who wears hats this early in the morning? Well, you decided to wear a hat, so I figure I would match you. <laughs> and look, I'm wearing a fancy hat. So oh, where is it? Fancy hat. So we decided to record a little video um, for the podcast a little bit just the intro uh so we are recording the video and i'm coming to you live from casa the confidence and i am confidently knowing that i'm not wearing any makeup and that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) so you're getting a little behind the scenes this morning so we're going to do a quick little promo Mm -hmm. and we're going to use this video in our socials well, Our socials. Julie socials. Dan's but, socials, anyway. too. Because Dan is uh, social. Oh, I am social. So, are you ready? I'm ready. ready? Welcome to Casa de Confidence. No. Oh, <laughs> see, this is... See, Take this. two. Take two. Take two. Welcome to the Casa de Confidence podcast, where... We go confidently. What did you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Casa de Confidence Podcast. Check it out. A podcast for women going confidently in the direction of their dreams. Perfect. This camera's right there. Oh, the camera's right there. Oh, sorry. Join us on the podcast. Listen in. I think that'll work. I think I can use that. You can use that. All right. Anyway. So, Julie, what are you drinking today? Black coffee. Me too. Mm. Uh, it's delicious. This is not an ad, but it's coffee from Trader Joe's. Is their organic blend. They took away the Salvadorian coffee, but they replaced yeah. it with this, and it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Not as good as the Salvadorian, though. You know what I saw yesterday, though? We, we actually went to Target. Yeah, we went to Target for one thing, people. And you know what we did? We came out with a lot of things, and... We spent our obligatory $100 at Target, because you can't leave Target without spending $100. And we didn't get what we went in for, either. (laughs) We did not. (laughs) Anyway, it's all stuff we needed. The staples, you know, all the... But anyway... Ziploc bags. Ziploc bags. $100 of Ziploc bags. No, that's not what it was. What else did we get for $100? Oh, we got Advil. 
We got Advil. We got Nyquil. Even, that wasn't even on the first receipt. You went back in. Oh yeah, I did. Went back for that. <laughs> so $105. Um, so I got doggy yeah. treats. You did get doggy I treats. Did, I did, yeah, they're little cute little bones. They like them. Yeah. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that's what those dogs deserve is treats. Well, they've been treating outside with. Ugh. Okay. Anyway. Does anybody else have this issue that they let their dogs out into their yard and there's wildlife out there? <laughs> Here's the problem, though. The wildlife we're finding is dead. Yeah. Dead wildlife. Mm-hmm. And these cute little beautiful white fancy dogs. See how I put that in there? Fancy dogs. They are fancy dogs. Fancy dogs I are like them, I found them like sniffing around. I found them mourning over a dead rabbit yesterday. They're oh. like they're, they're like holding a, a little Vigil. memorial service yeah. out there, you know, sniffing and you know, they they look like they were you know paying respects. Gross! It's Ugh. disgusting. Anyway, uh, the rabbit was as big as Simba, so Ugh. but it but it had passed. Yeah, so the I guess the mystery is is how are these dead animals ending in our yard? Because our dogs are not killing them. Killing is such a strong word. So Julie's getting all conspiracy theorist, and she thinks the neighbor's throwing them in there. Yeah, because our dogs bark. Yeah, and I wonder if the dog and the neighbors are annoyed. I don't know if this is a very uplifting conversation for the podcast. <laughs> oh, we did say we're getting real. Okay. So, um, all right. What do you want to talk about? I would like to talk about our guest. Our guest is a New Yorker. My favorite kind of people. Okay. There aren't a lot of people that I don't like. So, but she's a New Yorker and I love her. And we connected online. Her name is Jen. She invited me to be on her podcast originally. And I just love talking to her. So I knew that this is the kind of person who I wanted to continue to have a relationship with and connection. And she is so full of wisdom and has had an amazing journey. And she needed to be on my podcast, so I um, recorded with her as well. She so the yes. name of her podcast is. It's my favorite name ever, you guys. It's called the Fancy Hippie. The Fancy Hippie, go check it out. It's a good podcast. Good, it's, it's very, phenomenal. It's a great podcast. Sorry, uh, literally, it's my, phenomenal. My, my adjectives are living up to the. To the actual level of this podcast. That's right. Podcast is great. And uh, go seek out the episode where Julie's on it. Because that came out a couple months ago, right? It did. We'll we'll link it on the show notes. But again, uh, Jennifer is... Just such a cool woman. You know, she has a philosophy dedicated to helping people identify what brings them bliss and how they can choose life. Um, in alignment with it, uh, or the, how can they choose to live in alignment with it every day? Oh, sorry, it's early. What can I tell you? What happened there? Little bu-bu. Bu-bu-bu. Anyhow, through fancy that, hippie. Did you, did you learn that in Toast when you did Toastmasters? Was that a reset? I haven't been to Toastmasters in a while. Hmm. Hmm. Just wondering. 
Anyway, she empowered she empowers My women bad. through her bliss in uh, through <laughs> workshops, retreats. She has a book, podcast, and selective one to one coaching. But most of all, I think that she is changing the lives of women every day. Because let's think about it: when you um, think of hippie, and when you think of fancy. You don't think of the two things together. But I think that in many of us women, there are parts that are um, fancy and elegant and sophisticated. And there are parts that, you know, just want to kind of roam free. So that's why Fancy Hippie just really spoke to me. Fancy Hippie. Very good. So. Without further ado. Founder of the Fancy Hippie Co., Jennifer Cody. Jen Cody, thank you so much for joining and coming to Casa de Collins and Casa de Confidence coming to you live from Casa de Collins. I met you because we happened to be in a group together and you were gracious enough to interview me for your podcast. And I fell in love with the (laughs) name of your podcast. I fell in love with what you do and your mission and what you're working on. And I thought, she has to be a come and, and hang out with me and we can talk more and, and, and just share. But I also get to know her better and yeah. introduce her to the listeners because I think that everyone that learns a little bit about what you're doing is going to love it and is definitely going to want to connect with you. But why don't you tell us who Jen Cody is and what you're doing and what's so exciting in your life? Oh, thank you so, so much. I really appreciate you having me. Um, I love connecting with people and I love hearing people's stories. And it's interesting because it's not always in my head that anybody wants to hear my story. You know, <laughs> I'm so focused on talking to people. So I really appreciate the opportunity to come on and share what I am doing with my company, which is called Fancy Hippie. Mm. And we are a very baby company. We've been around for about three years. And Fancy Hippie was definitely born accidentally during a time in my life that was very transitional and tumultuous. Mm -hmm. So I was in the process of divorcing and a product of my divorce was going to be my business, which at the time was a hair salon. And I've been in the beauty business for 25 years or more now at this point, I guess. Okay. Um, And I owned salons and worked with stylists over the years. I always loved connecting with my team. I loved working on their education, both in and out of the salon and mentoring the younger generation coming up, wanting to work in the beauty business. I love it. And I just realized when I was losing my salon as a product of my divorce, as I said, I wanted to know what to do Mm. and what my next steps would be. Where was I going to go? And could I use this transition to my benefit to pivot my life a little bit? So I decided to focus on what I really loved about what I was doing. And that was connecting and coaching and mentoring and working with people to kind of pinpoint what makes them happy and how they can align their life with that. So in order to do that for myself, I reached for my girlfriends and asked if we can kind of gather together and 
do some goal setting and intention setting and how can we use each other's brains and energies and emotions to feed off of each other and figure out how we can help each other identify what we want in life, basically. And that first session was amazing. And it was supposed to be a one-time thing. Mm-hmm. And it turned out to just become a regular monthly occurrence. Um, and after the first few times, I said, well, maybe I need, this is what I should be doing, that I need to focus on making this a thing, right? I love so. that you made a thing. Yeah. Now, <laughs> exactly. tell, tell the listeners why the name Fancy Hippie. So Fancy Hippie, um, I am a very hippie-hearted person. So mm-hmm. I identify myself as a tree hugger and peace lover. Love that. And I think I live in Staten Island in mm-hmm. New York, which is not a very hippie place. It's a very conservative part of New York right. City. Yeah, absolutely. So people do identify me a lot by my free-spiritedness because it is unique in my community. Mm-hmm. So the hippie part of me has always kind of existed. And as my beauty career and salons grew and grew and people saw that side of me, um, one of my very good friends just said, oh, you're such a fancy hippie because I think women feel good (laughs) when they feel beautiful. And I love, you know, helping people look good. And so I'm kind of a hippie with a twist of, you know, mascara and stilettos come into play as much as the peace and love and you, you're a girl after my own heart because I, I also I, I identify with a lot of the concepts of being a hippie as well mm-hmm. and but I, 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 I do like you know I'm full makeup as we speak right right, right. so yeah. I, I, I feel more pulled together with certain things and right I what makes that, you feel good you just want to feel good so Absolutely. Yep. So tell me, um, from, from the pain of a divorce, and I also had a painful divorce, and as most divorces are, right? Mm-hmm. And what is one lesson that you learned about yourself through the process of going through something that was so challenging? Well, there's so many. <laughs> um, my divorce was very unexpected. Mm. So when I say that, it's not that he and I had no problems. And divorce actually had been something we had spoken about. So mm-hmm. unexpected sounds funny in that sense, but we, I thought we were going in a different direction and right. that we were working on how to make things work. And so while it was something that I had thought about before and thought about to the point where I needed to see, you know, what would I do if that happened? Right. right. Um, it's still at the end of the day was something I'd shelved and did not think was Mm. part of my future. So when it came to be, and it was right in front of me, my children at the time were 15 and 16. Mm. My son is older. So I had a 16-year-old son and a 15-year-old daughter. So all of those things that people tell themselves, and I'm sure you have listeners who can relate to this, if you're in any sort of marriage that has swings of highs and lows, which I'm assuming everybody does, right? Of course, absolutely. And if you're in a situation that you know may not be the best situation for you and you stay together because you think it's the good thing for the children and it's not Mm. going to benefit the children. And when I was faced with it at that age, that was probably my biggest lesson, Mm. I would say, is 
realizing in hindsight that them for me to have tried so hard to kind of create a smoke screen of what they thought life was like. Right. And when that screen was lifted and they saw what I already knew was there the whole time, Mm. it was a very difficult reconciliation on my part to take responsibility for what I had created for my kids and all the time thinking I was doing the right thing. Yep. And realizing that it was not was a hard pill to swallow for me. Yeah. Because of course we want to do the right thing for our children. Right. It's we, devastating we, to think we, that you didn't. Absolutely. And and I think that women as a mom, your first and foremost priority has always been to be that mom. And the one thing that I know in, in seeing this playing out in the lives of my friends, right? That they, you put your kids first and you're saying, you know what, this marriage is tough or this situation and you, you create sort of this, this uh, environment that is not real for them. Right. And we, we perpetuate this facade that maybe we grew up with, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, and, and we just feel that that's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, my parents divorced when I was five. And okay. I remember when, and, and I have recollections of not of them fighting because they, they didn't fight in front of me. I did. Mm-hmm. I do remember one fight they did have. And, and it was so impactful that for a five-year-old, because I did, I remember the conversation that I had with my dad after the fight. I remember okay. the conversation with my grandparents after the fight. Uh, and th- these memories are so ingrained 45 years later in my brain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, I never saw them again fight until one day they both sat down and told me they were getting divorced. And I remember in the, that mind of a five-year-old and closer to six at this, this point, I remember thinking, oh, my life is a little different from my friends. And in many ways, my life was very different from my friends because I, I had a, you know, different, you know, lifestyle, but that, you know, because of my grandparents and how we lived in their house, but I never saw it as a terrible thing. I never saw it as a awful curse or I never blamed myself. And, and, and and I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what it would have been like had it, um, Mm -hmm. you know, happened later or whatnot. But I think that many parents feel that they're going to cause trauma. They're going to cause pain. And for me, I thought, cool, I got two houses, right? I got two places. And I, and, and I, I think that we, we take for granted our needs as women, because we're trying to do what's right for others. And what we do may not necessarily be the right thing for them. And I think that that's why it's important to put yourself first. That was a roundabout way of saying that, but uh, it's very true. It's so true. And it's, I, my parents also divorced when I was very mm-hmm. young. My father was largely absent in my life and they were divorced by the time I was two. So gotcha. I don't have any recollection of ever really living in a house with a mother and a father. Mm. And that was a big part of 
anytime there were issues in my marriage, I always laid blame on myself for not understanding how it was supposed to work. Right. I always went back to that and said, well, I don't have anything to compare this to. I guess this is how it's supposed to be. Right. And it wasn't until it was much further into my marriage Mm -hmm. and my kids were older that I remember saying to some of my closest friends, at what point am I doing a disservice to my family by mm-hmm. subjugating every instinct in my body that says this is not how things right. should be. Right. Um, and it's, it's so important to, to ask that mm-hmm. and to find people and surround yourself with a sounding board, right? Right. right. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I love the fact that you have a circle of friends that you can come to. And this is how uh, Fancy Hippie was born, really, by also creating that experience of coming together to talk about goals. What is your process? Tell me a little bit about that. So as I said, we kind of grew accidentally. Mm-hmm. And after those first few sessions, what we decided to do, I realized very quickly that I was growing a community that needed to be grown. Mm. So the way that I implemented things at first were to have these in-person workshops monthly Mm -hmm. and the way that I do it so that we can kind of have some structure to it. And so it's not just girls getting together for a bottle of wine, you know, there has to be some variance. So what I would do and what I still do is each month I pick a different topic. Love it. Randomly. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be relevant to anybody or anything that's going on. But I pick a different topic and I let people know ahead of time, this is what we'll be discussing. And we come together and we, um, I start every session with a guided meditation mm. that is geared towards whatever the topic is that we're going to be discussing. We talk a little bit about, to give you an example of some topics we've had, um, have been forgiveness, have been going through transition, mm. and self-love, how to take you know the guilt out of taking care of yourself. Oh, sure. So a lot of different things that people are encountering. So then we'll have a very lively discussion where it's so great for the people who attend to get to feed off of each other and hear different perspectives of what people are going through. And then I will also close with a guided meditation to help them bring these tools back home to their house and their homes and really kind of live whatever it is that we accomplished during that session. And I love it. That's our I, workshops. That's one of the things that I offer. I love that, Jen. I, I actually, um, I, I got certified as a yoga teacher. You and I talked a little bit about this. And mm-hmm. I um, love, I incorporated in the last few years, I've incorporated meditation into my practice. And I had fallen off my wagon when it comes to meditating and being mindful. And I decided last week on Sunday, I said, you know, I, I see there's areas where I'm lacking and it's mm-hmm. because I haven't been consistent or, or I haven't been showing up for a mindfulness practice. So I put it out to a group of ladies that I, in, in, in my, in my no BS group that, you know, that where my mentor it runs okay. and, and I, um, I said, Hey, I, I'm really struggling. I would love to reconnect with my mindfulness practice. Does anybody want to do this with me? And so it's been one week. Today is actually day eight. And 
it has been phenomenal to just, I, although I'm guiding them through the meditation for me, there's been so much that I've been able to get back. And um, I noticed I'm sleeping better. I noticed that I am more focused. And this is some of the great things about a meditation practice. And I love that you're incorporating that meditation into the topic that you're discussing. How do you come up with the topics that you're going to discuss? Do you um, do it based on the needs of the community or do you do it based on the timeliness of what's going on in the world or how do you come up with that? Um, It probably is a little of everything for the Mm -hmm. most part. I don't ever really look at what's going on and then choose a topic based on that. And Love it. a reason for that, because I feel like a lot of times, especially now, if we consider what's going on right now in the world. Oh yeah, um, for sure. You know, it would be very easy for me to say, okay, this month we're going to talk about um, racism or right? equality or discrimination. Mm-hmm. But this is something that people are overwhelmed with every day right now, minute by minute. And Mm -hmm. what I do try to do is create more of a space for people to open their minds to things that may not be on the forefront, that may not be what they're focused on and Mm -hmm. see how you can kind of navigate your ship into a different direction by changing your perspective. So Whereas doing something that's very timely with whatever the climate is going on in the world, minute by minute, it's definitely educational and will help people, but it's not exactly what I'm trying to provide them with. So I tend to look more towards what is coming up for most of the people that I'm speaking to on a daily basis, just in general, that I hear is a common theme that seems to be something people aren't giving enough attention to. That is something that will change their daily life in some way. And that's yeah. how I usually try to choose what I'm doing. And sometimes I'll get requests from people also, obviously. That's awesome because I think that this world, when when the world is moving in one direction and everybody is in that direction, that's all you see. So I, I, I like that you're really taking the pulse of the people that are part of your community and you're really being guided by that. Mm-hmm. Um, what is one of the things that you feel makes you confident in your life as you continue to support women and continue to build a community and what, what makes you confident or do uh, you feel confident and, and for the most part I do now I do now mm-hmm. I'm 47 and I think that you look great by the way I would have never oh. <laughs> said 47 <laughs> thank you thank you very much uh yeah I just turned 47 in April and I'm a April baby me... too did we talk about that I don't know I'm April 30th I'm the 26th Okay, so we're both Torians. <laughs> yes, we are. A little stubborn, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's us. I think that I am much more confident now than I was prior. And I don't know if the reason behind my confidence necessarily is something that would apply to everyone, but I do mm-hmm. think that it took everything that I've gone through uh, with my marriage, my business, my divorce switching gears and changing my career, all of that, I've always kind of approached things with this mindset of you just have to feel the fear and do it anyway, right? You have to just oh, I love go, that. move forward and constant forward motion. And 
if it's not making you uncomfortable, then you're not growing. And I oh, really try so to true. adhere to these tenets in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I definitely feel that it is a has been a practice of that over and over and over again for many years that now gives me the confidence to know that the outcome doesn't necessarily matter. It's what I put into it that Mm. is going to be the difference. So if I change my mindset from being focused on what the outcome is and just focus on the energy I put into something, it's much easier to be confident because I just need to be confident in me. How people Mm. react to it is on them. That's not the definition of success. So it's my confidence comes from the fact that I know that I can now put 100% of myself into something without worrying about what happens at the end of it. It's just about my attention that I'm paying to it as I'm going through it. I love what you said that, you know, it's, we need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. a concept that so many women run away from. And I think that if we were to revisit, you know, for instance, um, uh, I know that in my marriage, I knew that it wasn't working, but making the leap to say, I need to leave. Mm -hmm. I need to walk away and, 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 you know, you, you have to try to make a marriage work mine, you know, and, and without going into the reasons, right. Um, there was nothing I could have done would have saved the marriage. Um, so I think, um, the biggest thing that prevented me from actually taking steps to walk away where the fact that I knew that it was going to be hard, that I knew that it was going to be painful, and that I also thought, back to a little bit of what you said, I was afraid of what other people's opinions were going to be as well, right? Yes, definitely. Um, and I think that many women spend unnecessary, unnecessary time really focusing on the things that, in the end, can drain them, suck them dry, and yeah, yeah. not not uh, help them to grow. And it's not mm-hmm. about the outcome. It's really about the journey. Right. So Absolutely. valuable lesson, Jen, such a valuable lesson. I know that you're in New York. What's your favorite restaurant in New York? Tell me. <laughs> let me live vicariously through you. <laughs> I, I live, miss my yeah. restaurants in New York. Well, where I live in Staten Island um, mm-hmm. is basically called Staten, Italy. Yes, it is. We have a lot of amazing restaurants. And the ironic thing about um, where I live is there is not a chain restaurant that's going to last. There's no way. Absolutely. No Olive Garden. There's there's nothing that's going to be here because the mom and pop family-owned businesses Mm -hmm. are just phenomenal. And I happen to live literally, probably I could see it from my window right now, um, a stone's throw away from a restaurant called Juliana's. (gasps) I love that place. (laughs) Oh, you live by Juliana's. That's so great. Well, because, you know, my my name is Juliana. Oh, really? Okay. So Julie for short, but Juliana is the real name. Okay. Yeah, so I, it is my favorite, favorite I restaurant. I love them. Yep. Oh, I When I moved to Connecticut, and mm-hmm. there are some fantastic, just uh, locally owned restaurants, but there's a lot of chain restaurants. And yeah. my husband, during our first couple years of marriage, he's like, oh, let's go to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I don't need a chain restaurants. And, and he thought I was so obnoxious. <laughs> Right, because that's but, all everybody eats but, at everywhere. But else. I don't, you know, it's it's 
you know, they're okay. Not if you invite me and we're going to a chain restaurant, fine, I'll go. But there are so many locally owned restaurants that people should check out. Mm-hmm. Go to Yelp and and find find right. something local and find someone that is just has something really fun to share. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a form of, of love, right? And how these local restaurants and chefs share family recipes and you can get to know the people that own them and just right. really enjoy. So I, I highly recommend it and, and, you know, support local for sure. So oh, I miss that. I miss yeah. having that. And uh, I, you know, the funny thing too is that coming from New York into Connecticut, um, a lot of, and, and this is pre COVID, of course, this is eight years mm-hmm. ago when I moved here. I remember the first time I got sick and I was sick as a dog and I thought, oh my gosh, I need to have some soup delivered and nothing here. First of all, we oh, don't wow. have a lot of restaurants. We have at the time we had a McDonald's, a Dunkin' Donuts, a Subway, uh, and a couple pizza places, mm. Domino's being one of them, right? <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> no, it doesn't count. And then there's a Chinese place. And okay. although they're locally owned, not my favorite Chinese coming from New York, right? You're okay, a little yes. discerning with your taste. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyhow, so I was so disappointed because I'm like, oh, there's nowhere to eat. And my husband's sick. And he was, I don't, I think he was out of town. I even think he was out of town. And I was so miserable because I couldn't get myself to go out and get me some food. Right. And it was awful. And now, yeah. thankfully, everybody delivers. I wish I sure. would have thought of Grubhub back then, right? And yeah, created a so little true. business model. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, things have changed so so much. And now we have, as I said, the second best thing that happened in my, my town is when they opened the Starbucks three years ago. Oh. And that was the second best thing after I moved here. So oh, now we course, have, now right. we have a Starbucks. So <laughs> that's but again, it's it's a chain. It's not it's not a mom and pop, yes, but a very popular one. So a very popular one. They have a drive through, and during during uh, COVID, we um, I've gone a couple times, and if you go between, let me think, anytime after eight thirty. Mm-hmm. The line for the drive-through is on yeah. the main road because this is really what um, this is the hop-in place in town is the okay. Starbucks drive-through. Yeah, and our Starbucks drive-through also is it's, cars deep all day long. It's insane. It's mm-hmm. insane for sure. So yeah. um, now one of the things that I'm looking forward to and I'm hoping that that we can make this happen is uh, and really from my end because it's a ske- it might be a scheduling conflict for me. So I'm trying to shuffle things around. But you yeah. have an event that you yes. put out and I want you to tell your listen our listeners uh, about the event and okay. tell them what it's called. Tell them what you do and what can they expect and why should they come? Oh, yeah. So the event also is something that one day I was like, oh, we should just get together and hang out for a whole weekend. And we did. So now we do um, retreat weekends twice Mm -hmm. a year. This our spring retreat this year was supposed to be in April um, in Long Beach Island, New Jersey. And I had to cancel it, obviously, but it would have been amazing. Yes. So now our next uh, retreat is coming up this October. It's October 23rd, 24th, and 25th. It is in the Adirondack Mountains in the Catskills in um, a place called Bel Air. And 
I held it at um, a yoga and meditation center. Mm -hmm. So it is a beautiful, beautiful log cabin house up in the mountains. Uh, We have a yoga studio. We have a meditation room. Um, I can accommodate a large, large number of people. However, I like to keep it as intimate as possible. Mm. So I usually cap the attendance somewhere between 15 and 20, even though the property holds over 30, 35 people. Um, And basically the weekend is called follow your bliss retreat weekend. Mm. And what we do there is we create a really safe environment for Are all ages, doesn't matter what you do for a living, anybody's welcome to come. We get together and we do yoga, we do meditations, we have sessions that I put together that are geared towards similar to my workshops, different things that we're encountering in our life, um, things that we need help to figure out, right? We need to figure out mm-hmm. what direction we want our life to go in. And there's so many classes out there that people can take. There's so many courses you can do that are maybe geared towards what you're doing for a living or what you right. think you want to do for a living. This is about how to find these things out, you know, how to feel more fulfilled in your life. How right. do you feel like you are successful as a parent, as a partner, as a friend, as a person with yourself, How do you incorporate really feeling comfortable in your own skin? And to me, the only way to do that is to identify what brings bliss into your life and follow it. It's going to change all the time. So it's not about finding it. It's Mm -hmm. about following it. You have to identify what brings you happiness. And then you have to take the time to really align your life with those things. And no matter what you're doing, learn how to not subjugate parts of yourself so that other parts of you can shine. That's what women do all the time. We take parts and dim them because we think they're going to take away from the brightness of other parts of our personality. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. We need to learn how to accept all parts of us and showcase them all the time. So over the course of the weekend, we do retreats, uh, we do workshops, we do one-on-one sessions. I connect people that maybe wouldn't have connected without being there. You meet people from all over the place that do all different things for work, people who are single, people who are married, with children, without children. It's really a great time to just exhale and Mm. come together with a group of like-minded people. You don't all have to be going in the same direction. You just have to have an open mind to hear what other people have to say and realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe I can adopt that for myself in some way. So we do it for three days. Um, The registration is up on my website and I do have a few spots left. The best part about the whole weekend, in my opinion, is the fact that it's kind of this one-stop shop. We get there, all of your meals are included, all of your drinks. We have wine and champagne and the whole Mm. thing. Go from doing these sessions and yoga classes to just sitting around at night, you know, by the fire and I love that couch connecting on a different level. So it's mm-hmm. a great, great weekend. And definitely from what people have told me, mind expanding and life changing. So as long as I'm doing that, I feel like I'm doing something right. And the cat skills, if anybody hasn't been to the cat skills, 
They're beautiful. I, I am pretty partial to upstate New York. I think that uh, one of my favorite things to do in the summertime is to go to the Finger Lakes, the Catskills. There's so much sure. to see. New York to me is, and I'm sorry for the all other 49 states, and I know that people tend to think that, you know, their state is great. And there are some beautiful, and I've been to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But to me, New York has the mountains, has the beach, has everything. And yeah. the Catskills yeah. are fantastic. So the, yeah, and it's a really beautiful yeah. location. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I am definitely, you know, hoping that, and, and again, I'm waiting to hear from this conference that I'm supposed to be presenting yeah, yeah. at. And yeah, if, hopefully you can join us. That would be great. <sighs> I know, because you're, you're speaking my love language when you say, you know, <laughs> we're going to do yoga, we're going to network, because I love to connect yeah. with other women, and then I can have a glass of wine by the fire at night yes. in the fall. Oh, so lovely. Yeah. And uh, I actually went and I saw the, the, the retreat place, and it's lovely, so it's, yeah, it's a beautiful it's, home. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's stunning. Um, tell me a little bit about where you see yourself in, in a year to five years from now. Well, this past year has certainly been interesting. I've mm-hmm. moved into an apartment after living in the same house for a very long time. So now that I've been able to kind of open my mind and see mm-hmm. the possibilities, a year from now, I think I definitely will um, have expanded Fancy Hippie a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And that's largely in, um, because of COVID. We really quickly adapted to doing things online and having webinars. And right. so now that I have that avenue mm-hmm. and the podcast and connecting with so many more people all over the place, um, that's something that I see within the next year is having more of a global footprint. Whereas we were super Mm -hmm. local when we started Mm -hmm. and now I'm talking to people from all over the world and coaching people in different countries. So it's been an amazing expansion. Thank you to COVID. Um, And I don't intend on pulling back on that in any way. So a year from now, I'm going to say, you know, we'll definitely have more of a global footprint. Mm -hmm. Um, Five years from now, who knows? I, I'm kind of like seeing where the wind takes me when it comes to what goes on with Fancy Hippie. I've definitely felt a strong commitment to honoring the fact that the way that it came to be mm-hmm. has been how it has grown and evolved very, very organically. And I'm always open to see what's going to happen as we move along and grow and um I recently had a few people that I've been working with contact me about doing coaching and sessions through Fancy Hippie. So maybe that's something to think about over the next five years, some sort of larger panel of people that can be all under my umbrella of Fancy Hippie and what we stand for. That would be amazing. I think that the fact that you are opening up the possibility to, um, you know, empowering other women to, and and you're replicating what you're doing yourself and allowing other women to come in. It expands the lives that you're touching. And I love that about you, Jen, because I think that someone who is giving as you are, the fact that you are straightening somebody else's crown, right? And and you're empowering them and you don't think like, oh my gosh, uh, you don't have that scarcity. Like, oh no, I'm going to just be my own fancy hippie person. You're really looking to, to give more. And, 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 and expand more. And I think that as women, we need to look for ways in which we don't think of each other as competition, but we think of each other as complementary in, right. in this ability to grow together because we're stronger together for sure. 
100%. Absolutely. Who inspires you? Um, on a personal level, my mom is definitely my biggest inspiration. Mm. Um, as, I, as I said before, you know, my parents divorced when I was very young. And my mom has a super interesting background. She entered the convent when she was 13 years old. Really? For many years, yeah, with the Catholic Church. And left the, um, left the convent. She didn't leave the Catholic Church, but she left the convent and married my dad. And I was born and she quickly was divorced, right? So she raised me as a single parent from the time that I was two years old. And really had no experience as a girl growing up to defer to while she was raising me. So as I'm coming up as this teenager, exploring my world and doing all these crazy things that teenagers do, my mom has nothing to refer to because she was in a convent during that time. She didn't grow up and get to experience the things that other girls do. So, wow, that's yeah. so interesting. And yeah. Yogi and Simba want to be part of the, uh, of the, Absolutely. Of, of the interview. <laughs> dogs. Yeah. Anyway, that's what happens. And you know, it's, it's all one blend. But so your mom, I mean, I, I haven't heard now I have friends who are, who are in the, in, in the religious life. I actually, in uh, Nyack, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with Nyack and upstate, yes. it's yes. not upstate necessarily, but in Rockland County, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a convent and I, I have some really good friends that are nuns. They're older. They're in their seventies and eighties. Cause okay. not yeah. a lot of people have entered into the order, but um it's it's such a beautiful life and i cannot imagine just all of a sudden having such a such a shift Do right. you, is your mom still very involved in the catholic church she, she is yeah she is yeah. and she's also still very very friendly with a lot of the nuns that she was mm-hmm. in the convent with and mm-hmm. there seems to be there was a large exodus around the time yeah. that my mom left so a lot of her friends who are not nuns mm-hmm. were how so old is your has, mom, if I may ask? She's will be seventy-seven. Yes. Yeah. Oh, your mom is my my mom's age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I, she, you know, went through a lot, and she definitely taught me that if you really feel strongly about something, you need to do it. Mm. It was not easy for her to leave the convent. It was not easy for her to leave my father. These are decisions right, right. to make that were very difficult. And she has always been a leader, and she. People like to listen to what she has to say, and she gives good perspective. So uh, she I definitely inspires me. Yeah. Is your mom coming to the retreat? I need to meet her. She <laughs> actually process of planning a second retreat for oh. her friend group and her age group. How yeah, fun. Which is interesting you would say that because there, there's a whole group of people. And I said, you know, it's all ages. Everybody's welcome mm. to come. And the conversation does change. Oh, of course. Absolutely. You know? So we're doing a separate retreat that will be oh, for like that's, the over 75 crowd. That's fun. My mom yeah. actually, um, she did not enter the convent or was in the convent, but she went to boarding school with nuns 
for, uh, okay. to the to the nuns of the Sacred Heart, and, and this is in El Salvador. And when she went to college, she went to Georgetown, and she lived. And this is why my grandparents allowed her to leave the country to go to college in another country is because when she moved to D.C., instead of living in the dorms at Georgetown, she actually lived in one of the houses mm. uh, sponsored by the same order, the Sacred Heart Nuns. And okay. uh, my mom is is very um, devout Catholic, and she lives in Atlanta. She actually works for a church, and she's always doing retreats. She's always, every time, you know, I talk to her or I can't get a hold of her over the weekend, I know that she's some sort of retreat. Right. <laughs> but it's it's great um what do you think you your legacy is to your children oh without a doubt it is that you need to um speak from your heart all the time and don't Mm -hmm. ever let anyone make you feel that you need to hold back if there's something that strongly needs to come out of you that you need to honor what is important to you mm-hmm. and um, take ownership of it right. without trying to put it into any other words besides your own and not to filter your thoughts and your feelings. To, I think all too often it's almost automatic and robotic, we sort of teach our children, and I definitely am guilty of it, we teach our children that different circumstances should be looked at through a different lens. Mm. And we need to teach them to look through their own lens all the time at everything that's happening and what makes them feel good and what makes them feel like something's off to listen to those voices and be real with them and not just try to say, well, maybe I'm not looking at it correctly. Because the only real way to look at something is how it's affecting you personally. And once you can deal with that and reconcile that and own it, then of course, there's nothing wrong with looking at it through another perspective and trying to learn about what that's about and why this person thinks of it this way while you think of it this way. I'm not saying you need to be, you know, single vision, but you have to know what your vision is before you can open yourself up to hearing other people's. And I think it's too often that we immediately put ourselves to the side because we want to honor what someone else is saying and the way that they're seeing it. And there's nothing wrong with their perspective, but learn what yours is first and be true to it. Don't let be it be true to yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that we we waste so much time trying to please others, trying to be something we're not, or trying to fit mm-hmm. into a mold that doesn't necessarily fit us. I think that in life we all should dance to the beat of our own drum. Right. And we have right. different drums and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that uh, in, in a world where we're trying to put um, that curated image of who we are out right. into the universe, we are not being true to the gifts that we've been given for right. ourselves. Right. So um, yes. now I know that you're a dreamer for many reasons, but you have a dream sign behind you. And yes. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's as far as someone that maybe forgot how to dream or how to be able to just go after their own goals. What advice would you give them? That you need to be able to look fear in the face. I think fear is the only thing that really is a danger to people mm-hmm. dreaming. And that's, a dream killer, right? When you give in to any fears that you're having, it's very easy to stay 
safe and stay comfortable. And you can't move past that point without looking fear in the face and doing whatever it is that's required to overcome that. And it's scary. It's very scary to to have to push through something. But that's what dreaming is. If it was easy to do and Mm -hmm. just achieve everything, it wouldn't be dreaming. It would just be doing because we would just get up every day and do whatever we wanted and achieve anything that we wanted because it's easy. Mm. We call it dreaming because it's things that seem like they're out of our reach. It's things that seem like they're impossible and insurmountable. So therefore it's just a dream, right? It's not something, Mm -hmm. it's not a goal. So it's turning those dreams into goals. The only way to do that is through action. I'm a firm believer in action in every part of your life. Mm -hmm. And you can't actively dream without action. And the only way to do that is by looking past the fear and moving past the fear. It's absolutely true. And I think that, you know, in working with women, that's one of the things that uh, never stop dreaming and don't give up on the dreams, but go Mm -hmm. back and say, what can I do today to move me to that and create those goals for yourself? And I think that it's important to be able to then create the habits that support the goals. Right. Because without having the right habits daily, in checking in to see if your goals and measure your goals. How close are you? What do you need right. to do? What are some some big rocks that you can move today to uh, fill your bucket? So yeah, I do a lot of one on one coaching. Mm-hmm. With we work on goals and things with um, very specific. And what mm-hmm. you're saying is so true. And I feel that you know to measure those goals we focus a lot on our why, right? We have to right. figure out our why, figure out our why. And then I think it's just as important to figure out our why not. Like what, what is the fear for each of those steps? Really right. identify it and sit with it and figure out which steps you can take to move past it. Because mm-hmm. it's so overwhelming when you just think about, um, I have this goal and then I have all of these fears of why I can't do it. So I know why I want to do this goal, but now let's attack the why not. That's just as important as our why. So that's what I try to help people really step into that space where they can see it clearly. That is the biggest thing I can say is that it's so hard to see clearly. And that to me is what um, working with someone and coaching really provides for them, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it be at a retreat, whether it be at a in a webinar, at a, you know, a session with a bunch of people Mm -hmm. or one-on-one session. It's really just allowing yourself to see things clearly. And then you're able to make a plan of action. And Jen, when people work with you as clients, do they work with you one-to-one or in a group uh, in addition to the retreat? Okay. Both. The only, most of Fancy Hippie um, is free of charge. Any of the, um, workshops that I do, the webinars that we do, it's all free. You can just come to them if you're in person, log on if you're not. It's all out there. Um, The podcast obviously is free. Mm -hmm. I do like different newsletters and stuff. Everything is free. The only thing that um, is a paid event is the retreat Mm -hmm. weekend or if you're interested in one-on-one coaching. So, That's great. Yeah. So wonderful. I, I think that uh, if anybody is looking to really be able to work with someone that's going to be encouraging and definitely has experience in really overcoming and, and being uncomfortable with the 
dis- or being uncomfortable with discomfort, yeah. they, they can uh, come to you and you can guide them through that because yeah. as a coach, and it's important, and I think that, you know, I haven't really addressed this with a lot of the listeners, but I, I want to talk about it. I think that most people tend to wonder what the difference is between a therapist and a coach and a therapist is there's such need. And, and I highly mm-hmm. recommend working with a therapy when a therapist, when you, because mental health is important. And just like if you needed, uh, so, you know, to have your eyes checked or to have your ears checked or sure. to have your, your heart checked, you go to the right specialist for that. Your mind is something that definitely needs to, you know, work through some of the issues. The other thing is that when you're working with a coach, it's not someone who's giving you therapy, but it's someone who is cheering you on, is helping you, is giving you tools for your toolbox to be mm-hmm. able to, and, and in a way is mentoring you through the process of yes. making changes that are realistic and that are, are inedible uh, or, or can be a little more, um, I, I guess, uh, tangible. Right. Yes. And, the, and, and that you you can work toward. And I think that working on goal and in, in, in changing your mindset and really being able to um, have someone that can coach you through that. Right. Yeah. Practicing yeah. some of the things like a basketball coach will practice your dribble or whatever it is. Right. right? I think that a, a mindset coach is, is very key and important for that. So yes, definitely. And it's so personal, you know, it's, mm. and it, that's a great analogy with the basketball coach, because when you think of an athletic coach, someone, they're bringing skills out that already are in you somewhere, right. you know, like right. you're not going to take someone that like myself who has zero coordination and mm-hmm. teach me how to be a great basketball player. It's not going right. to Right, you're not making the NBA, that's right, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> so the same thing goes with mindset coaching and life coaching and any type of um, working with someone one-on-one like that. It really does come down to the personal connection because mm-hmm. that type of coach is bringing things out that are in you already. It's just right. trying to figure out how, who's who can you work with that will draw them out the be- in the best way, in right. the most productive way. Um, so that to me is really a great like point about making it what's inside of you. Right. Just how to get that out into the open um, in a way that's comfortable for you with a person that you feel like a great connection with. Absolutely. And I think that there are so many different places and, and, and individuals that have great, uh, you know, that have great skills as a coach that definitely, you know, talk to Jen, talk to me, talk to anyone who, you know, has done some life coaching and can uh, help you and propel you in that direction, you know, right. So that's so great. Now, um, I've been asking this question as of late of some of my guests, Mm -hmm. and uh, I want to find out, Jen, I'm going to introduce you in one of the largest arenas because you're going to be giving a motivational uh, talk for everyone. Tell me what song am I using to bring you onto stage? Oh, wow. That's a great question. (laughs) Um, What song? I know. I didn't tell you I was asking this. Now I'm putting you on the spot, but I love I it because it's going to be the first song that comes to mind. I know. Well, I will tell you the song that I go back to every time I need some mm-hmm. to feed my own soul a little bit is a song by uh, Florence and the Machine. 
Okay. And um, Shake It Off is definitely... Love it. Yeah. That is one of the songs that I consistently go back to anytime that I feel like I need to that, um, lift myself up. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, I so, love it. I think we're going to have to put a link in the show notes for the song because <laughs> I think that that's for, for the youngins who, you know, yes. are not familiar with uh, mm-hmm. Florence and the Machine. I actually, it's funny because I was, today's Monday, so I'm planning my week. Mm-hmm. And every, every week I come up with a little, I, I do have my, my stage song, but I, I come up with a thong, my, my thong, my song for the week. And uh, believe it or not, I was speaking to someone yesterday and uh, she, she made me go back to my, to my high school days and uh, in talking about different, different things. And then my song for the week is actually living in a prayer. <laughs> Oh, my okay. Bon, jo- bon Jovi. So perfect my, timing, <laughs> right? My boyfriend John. So this oh. morning I was bopping around in the kitchen, and the dogs are like, That's great. "Oh my god, you gotta be kidding me!" You know, if the dogs could talk, I would love to <laughs> find true. out what they're thinking that for sure. Yeah. So anyway, well, Jen, it's been super fun to have you and to yes, really be able so to much. connect. And I appreciate the opportunity. I, I just love having met you. I love being able to just speak to you. This is our third conversation. And I think yeah. that you're doing some really great stuff. I want Thank to be you. a supporter of your dreams and a supporter of what you're doing because you're impacting lives. And I think that it's so important to continue to just watch other people do what they love to do. And, yeah. and yeah. I, I love watching you thrive. So Thank you. I appreciate it. And I, I'm telling you, I love Fancy Hippie. It is <laughs> a great name. Thank and you. I love everything that you're doing. So, and I'm going to, I'm going to, um, see how I can make this retreat happen yes, because definitely. the Catskills yeah. may be calling my yep. name. Well, that was a good conversation about, you know, life changes in life, pivoting, um, going in the direction of something you want to do that you love to do and applying that to your life and helping other people around you. So that was kind of neat. It kind of, kind of reminds me of, you know, this last year, you know, a lot of things have changed Mm -hmm. and I was thinking this week about how things change and, that in you asked her where do you see yourself and do you give the you know the five year Mm -hmm. thing you know thing that people ask in interviews and i think that as a person that's been stuck a few times uh that if you stay in one spot too long life becomes stagnant life becomes repeatable life becomes a series of days leading to the weekend Hmm. You know? Yeah. And um, I, I feel that um, if we're doing the work for ourselves the in finding out how we think, you know, how our mind works and, and what life is about, um, if you're doing that work, you're constantly changing. And uh, if you go with a travel analogy, you know, the travel of the mind, 
um, I was thinking this week and I, I, um, I came up with, I was just jotting stuff down and, uh, I wrote down, you need to treat each destination of self as a temporary stop. Settling for the you that you are today undermines your future. Be of nomadic mind, heart, and body, and I promise, regardless of trials and challenges, your future will be a greater adventure. I love that. And you sent that to me, and I and it really resonated when you sent me that little blurb. Hmm. I, I did not respond to it uh, immediately because, well, I, I That's was all right. you're, recording. You were... You're, working on your greater adventure it is and a that's exactly adventure. what i'm talking about yeah. you know we change a lot and i've heard you bring it up in the past and constant change can elicit a like a fear response of course we are so our our mind automates everything and when mm-hmm. we decide that we're not going to do what we have always been doing mm-hmm. then our mind is immediately going to um be in discomfort and mm. say, oh, don't do that anymore. <laughs> and, and ch- changing things mm-hmm. can be scary. Of course. I mean, I've spent a lot of years in front of the TV not doing anything, you know, letting the weeks become weekends mm. over and over and over again. And um, and that's it's just a, it becomes a short life. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people say, oh, time passes so fast when you're doing things. Right. Well, when you have all those memories packed in there, um, I think that lengthens your life. And you have those experiences later to to share with other people. And um, I think it's just important. Don't be satisfied with where you're at. Shoot for that destination. You got to hit that destination. But once you're there, take a breath, look around, enjoy it. Right. Take take gratefulness for it. Share it with people. But it's time to go. You know, that reminds me of the Camino, Dan, um, that we had a destination in mind. Mm-hmm. And remember the one day that we, we were leaving, oh, I forget the, the city, but we... We stayed at the at the at the new albergue, the after we went to the wine fountain, and then the next everybody was telling us that there was some big like parade or or like feast, and that all the hotels and albergues were going to be um, closed or or at capacity, and we needed to get to the destination. We we were going to stay at Casa Magica, but they weren't. Um, or no, Casa de la Abuela, and then we were going to, whatever, it doesn't matter where we were going. But they said, you better get there quick. You better get there quick. And we're like, oh, my gosh. But as we were going and we were walking through this wonderful field, like I remember one of the fondest memories I have is that it started to um, sprinkle a little bit, and there wasn't like a tree in sight until we saw that food truck in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Remember that? And we, it was like an oasis. It was like an oasis. With, and with cervezas. And at 10 a.m., it was 5 o'clock somewhere. And we just. And wine. And wine and coffee. And we just stopped. And I remember sitting. We got all three. 
<laughs> yeah, sitting under that, sitting mm. under the, the, the little canopy that they had. And it was like the United Nations. There were these girls from Korea and the guy from Brussels and the German guy and the women that came from Argentina mm-hmm. and us. And we were sort of crammed in there. This is pre-COVID, of course, when people could be crammed in places. And if we would have been so intent on leaving, on walking, on getting to our destination, we would have missed just the one hour that we sat and just talked and shared stories and laughs right. and and enjoyed the moment. And I think that there is, listen, there's always an important thing about achieving goals and getting to where we need to go. Mm-hmm. But enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey, enjoy the walk there. Enjoy your destination. Ask yourself where you want to be mm-hmm. soon. When when do you want to be there? How do you want to get there? Uh, enjoy the trip. Enjoy the trip to and the destination. And once you get to where you're going, pick a new one because the next one might be even better. That's a, um, that's right. Absolutely. And that's that's a, that's all I've got to say about that. Well, anyway, good job. Anyway, um, I want to. Th- Thank our guests. Yeah, Jen, thank you so much. You are phenomenal, Jen. and I love you. And she is having this wonderful retreat, you guys. It is the last weekend in October, the 25th of October, and it's in upstate New York. Her website is fancyhippie.love. And if you go to fancyhippie.love, you can find about the retreat. It is a weekend to get away and recapture you're going to find peace, clarity, and it's in the Catskills. The Catskills are beautiful. I love the Catskills. Have you been to the Catskills, Daniel? You know I've been to the Catskills. <laughs> we stayed at that horror cabin. <gasps> oh, I forgot about that. that that's a story <laughs> that's for a another story time. That's a story for another time. But listeners. the Catskills outside of our cabin are just gorgeous. They're gorgeous, but we stayed in this haunted, burnt out place. It, that, oh, it wasn't haunted. God, it was, it was just creepy. It, it felt was like... creepy as heck. For sure. I feel like Camp Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> anyway. But most parts of the Gaskills, other than our little campsite with the burned down front office. <laughs> yeah, there's more story here. Um, the Gaskills are great. Beautiful place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, Julie, <laughs> did you have something else you want to talk about? I'm going to try to talk about it without crying. <laughs> I... As well, of course, podcasts are evergreen and you're going to be listening to this in the future because lots of people listen to this podcast and we have hundreds of thousands of listeners in the future. And I want to mark this occasion because it is important to note. Um, One of the people who I felt has been the most influential in my life and that I have looked to for a long time, she's passed away. She passed away over the weekend. And, and this is not someone who, um, you know, I, I, um, was the only person affected by her passing and obviously it has impacted everyone. This is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Justice Ginsburg. And for many years in my early twenties, when she was first appointed to the Supreme court, uh, because I was, uh, I guess a news junkie political nerd that was really into all this stuff. I started to learn about her and I learned about all the work that she did and in to create equality for women 
Um, she graduated at the top of her class at Columbia Law School. She was the first woman to be accepted into hardware law school. And even though she was brilliant and phenomenal, because she was a woman, she wasn't allowed to work and, and no law firm would hire her. And she fought to change that. She fought to, to make a difference. And because of her uh, efforts and because of her hard work, um, she again, made a difference and changed a lot. Uh, over the years, I continue to admire her and continue to just be a fangirl from far away. A couple of years ago, um, I had, I, I was at a family wedding and I had the pleasure and honor to meet her in person. I posted the picture on my socials, but, um, it, you know, many people have said that the picture speaks a thousand words because you can actually see my face as I, I, as I had the opportunity to shake her hand and thank her in person for all of the hard work and for, um, just inspiring me. You know, she was 80, maybe 84 at the time that I met her. And, um, here's a woman who was 84, had not missed a day of work, even though she was undergoing cancer. Um, she had a sharp mind and her ideals and her strength are something that I totally resonate with. I love the fact that even um, at her age, she could do more push-ups than I can. So I am going to dedicate my life to every day doing more push-ups because that's a great lesson. So in Ruth Bader Ginsburg's honor, I'm going to call to order a moment of silence in the manner of the court. Oye, oye, oye. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. And remember that we may not um, agree with everyone, but it is important to note that everyone has a life worth living. And some of us uh, leave a legacy, and she's left a legacy not only in my life and my heart, but for all of us, no matter whether we agreed with her or not. If you are a woman out there that has the ability to go confidently and achieve uh, remember that maybe some of these opportunities are granted to you because of the hard work of, that she did. Um, and she knew that, um, you know, when she was asked, how many women do you think is enough to be in the Supreme Court? She said, all nine. That's how, how enough it's going to be. Um, because nobody bats an eye when there's nine men on the Supreme Court. Why is it different if there were nine women? And I think that that's one of the things that I'd like you to think about, that we are not male or female. We are people. We are humans. We should not be judged by our sex. We should not be judged by, um, you know, who we love, what we believe. We should be judged by our passions, our accomplishments, our purpose, and how we are ready to impact somebody else's life. And here's the thing. We're moving into 45 more days until the election. And I know that I haven't talked about this, um, but 
it's very important for you to really figure out what kind of world you want to be in, people. Do you want to be in the kind of world where we give opportunities to everyone, no matter who you are, or that we just have, you know, uh, uh, um, opportunities for some, not all. And for me, I know that there's one thing that it's, it, it is definitely a non-negotiable and that's racism. So I'll leave it at that because it's who I am. I can't help it. <laughs> so, um, anyway, use your heart people. Um, thank you. I know you felt it necessary to, to pay a little homage to RBG. Hmm, notorious. <laughs> yeah. Who you got the pleasure of meeting a couple of years ago, which is kind of... Oh, neat. she had soft hands, too. <laughs> really? <laughs> By the anyway. way, just one more thing. Do you know one of my mug? I have a mug that says, well-behaved women rarely make history. So, Dan... Don't ask me to behave. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go confidently in the direction of your dreams. And remember, make history. Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook. And always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your dreams. Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.